fall, everybody. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. You are listening to Revival Town Podcast. Wow, look at you. You did all right? You got, I, I mixed it up. I, got, I did. I, 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 almost, I did check. And I'm, I'm checking your shirt out. Are you really getting into this football thing? This is a different shirt. Right? For the Two weeks week. in a row. Whoa, man. And they're both Cowboys jerseys. That's a shame. Ah, well, never mind. You know what, what's 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 crazy is we pre-record those. I, I don't know if they won their first two games. <laughs> I hope they did. So, how's your life? How's things going? Things are things are good. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, little little crazy church episode last week. Oh, come on, tell us. So tell us. It was Labor Day. Yep. And um, our alarm system went off, and we have we have cameras and things like that. Well. Um. I received a, a, um, a phone call from the security system. Do you want us to, to to call the police? I jumped on with in a group thread with all of our staff. Hey, is anybody at the church? Does anybody have anybody at the church? Because the alarm system's going off, and it's a holiday, so I knew I didn't think anybody was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of thought it was going to end up being somebody though, um, and everybody was like, no, and and somebody pulled up the feed of our our security camera, and it was somebody that nobody recognized, nobody knew who he was. So you saw someone. We saw somebody on oh, on a camera. Man. And um, so I, I had our security company dispatch the police. Oh, so yeah. I live about, you know, eight minutes from the church. So I jumped in my car and I got here and two county sheriffs pulled in, deputies. And um, I should say, and I'm like, all right, you guys, I, you know, I, I have the code to get in the building. I'm like, let's go. And they're like, um, sir, why don't you just go ahead and get back in your car? <laughs> <laughs> All right, get get back. You you look like you've been around the twist. Get back, get back in the car, little boy. Get in the car. <laughs> so so I got in the car and they didn't go in either. They did a perimeter check. They went around the whole building to make sure there was not any kind of forced entry. Yeah, yeah. and then I led them in, oh. and we went in and we found a business card. Business on, card broken our, at, at, in our coffee area, in our little coffee house yeah, area, yeah. cafe. And it was a roofing contractor. So there was a phone number there and his name. So I called it. Yeah. And I said, hello, is this so-and-so? And he said, yes, it is. I said, were you just at Rock Church? He said, yes, I was. And um, he goes, the alarm was going up. <laughs> yes, it was. I said, I'm here with the police. And I just wanted to find out what door you came in. Well, anyway, long How story. How did he get in? Um... The front door was locked from the outside, but it wasn't latched. Oh. So he he pulled it and it opened. So he thought somebody was here. So he walked in and on camera, you can hear him saying, hello. Um, and then he thought he heard music coming from the sanctuary. Yeah. So he was just going to hand his card to somebody and say, hey, if you guys have any hell damage and you need a new uh, roof. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, on Labor Day? On Labor Day. He, wow. he said he saw a car behind the church, which... May or not, may or may not be true. I don't know. Yeah. However, he said when he got closer to the sanctuary, he realized it wasn't music but an alarm. Oh. So he got the heck out of there. He put his business card um, yeah. in our cafe right on the counter, and then he he went out the door. And he offered to come back, but it checked out. Everything was good. Yeah. He was just trying to get a, a roofing job. Oh, instead he yeah. almost went to jail. Well, I tell you, <laughs> I tell you, a funny. You know, you talk about roofing. I just. Uh, I just got approved to get a brand new roof because of hail damage on my house. I got a guy. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> too late. Too late. I got someone. Oh, he's in your house right now. <laughs> check, your, check your security. Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting a new roof. So I decided there is a huge tree in front of our house. And so my neighbor has just recently retired. He's a doctor in town. And so he'd wandered over during Mission Peoria. And had chopped two small trees down in my yard. Teresa was like, yeah, we've been trying to get rid of them trees. He just chopped them down. And he said to her, hey, whenever you want to get these this big tree out, it's dead. Let me know. Mate, we're talking like 15 feet from the house. Okay, a big tree. And it's like a good 35, 40 foot tree, right? Okay, yeah. So I'm like, Teresa, he, he's a foot doctor. He's not a tree person. <laughs> I don't know if he's he, good at he this. He can take off your toe. <laughs> All right. I don't know if he can take down this tree. So so I'm like, well, okay, let's 
I mean, it's going to save me. You know, these things are like eight hundred to a thousand dollars for this size of a tree. Okay. I'm like, okay. So he comes over. You could have called me, man. Mate, no, I mean, I, I would. I've, uh, yeah. I've, se- I've seen you with a. We, con- we would have been on the news <laughs> for the wrong reason. <laughs> yes, okay, go ahead. So, so, so he comes over. I said, uh, "You want, you want, really want to take the tree down?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, "I'm bored. I'm, I'm retired now. I got nothing else to do. So, yeah. why don't we do it?" I'm like, "Well, okay." Either I'm taking the tree down, or give me your foot. <laughs> Let me look at your foot. <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal, mate. He, we start. He brings this ladder over that's got one of these claws that goes around a tree, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it would go up, I mean, really high, and then he would wrap it, and then he was cutting the small limbs off, right? Well, they're going everywhere, right? So I'm, I'm like, I'm a bit worried, because we're like, I'm not, I'm not joking, 15 feet from the house, Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. So he goes, okay, now's, now's the nervous bit. <laughs> you know, no! <laughs> Wait a minute. Why are you talking about the nervous bit before we started this? So he goes, I think what we need to do <laughs> is I'm going to tie a rope up and you're going to walk out in the yard. And as soon as I shout now, you're going to pull it and run. <laughs> with." The- so it doesn't. What a bad idea. <laughs> so it doesn't hit the house or me off the ladder. That's what he's saying. I am freaking out, man. Oh, my gosh. So, What's up? The guy's a, this guy's a doctor? Yeah, I mean, how would you feel like, okay, now I think this is going to work yeah, on your foot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So so he wraps it around. He's cutting. He's like, I think it's coming. Okay, it's starting to creep. Start. Now, and I just start running. I am like, <laughs> I, wish we got had this, this I got this rope, and I'm just pushing it. And I'm like, this cannot hit the house. It just missed the house. So there was two limbs, so we had to do it twice. The second one, it nearly took him off the ladder. Oh my goodness! Oh, I was I was really worried, and he's like, he, got, he gets down, he goes, I was sweating on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but we got it down and saved me a lot of money. Oh, so there you the go. The fact that he acknowledged that he was nervous about it, and didn't know if it would work. Oh, I mean. Could you imagine going to the dentist and right before he's getting ready to extract oh. your tooth, he says, now, I'm kind of nervous about this. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. no, I might get your tongue. Yeah. The, the, worst, the worst thing is if he went, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Well, well, wrong tooth. Yeah. Well, today we have got someone on Revival Town that is full of joy. And uh, she is coming back for a second time on Revival Town podcast to talk about a new book. And so please sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Laurie Wilhite. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everyone, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, returning guest, Lori Wilhite, serves alongside her husband, Judd, who is the senior pastor at Central Church in Las Vegas, a church that has 23 locations, including 12 inside prisons. She's the founder of Leading and Loving It and is dedicated to encouraging the over 20,000 pastors, wives, and women in leadership in the Leading and Loving It community. She's back today to talk about her new study book, Philippians, Chasing Happy. Lori, welcome back to Revival Town. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be back with you guys. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm glad I didn't scare you off the first time. (laughs) Never, never. Never. We're so glad to have you back. You know, the other week, uh, you made me really happy. Um, As you know, uh, a few years back, I was on staff at Crosspoint and Brandy Wilson was uh, the the pastor at the time with her husband at that time and uh got to know brandy and her journey obviously has been pretty rough the last few years but yet from that she is now really encouraging so many people and she's written a book we had her on just a few weeks back to talk about the book um but what made me happy 
was you surprising her on her book launch day. You showed up at her house that she didn't know you were going to be there. What went into that? Before we get into this, like, I, I, it, it, just because Brandy is the most amazing woman, uh, and for her to go through what she went through was really tough to, to stand back and watch. You were with her night and day through some of that season. What was it like for you to go and surprise her that day? You know what? we? I love her so much. You're right. She's incredible. And, and um, the thing she has persevered over the last six years is... I don't know. It's It really is amazing. And so, you know, after having spent sometimes literally hours a day on the phone in those initial days crying on the phone together, I was like, I am, there's no way I'm missing the celebration. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I uh, did not tell her I was coming just in case. You never know. And I didn't <laughs> want her to be disappointed. And so flew to Nashville and, um, I thought, well, I don't know if she'll be at the house, but I do know where she, uh, how to get in her house. And so (laughs) even if she's not there, I'll just be waiting. (laughs) But she was there and it was just, um, there were a lot of tears, but in this sense, a lot of really happy tears to get to be together. Um, We're in a kind of season where God was taking all of that pain and using it for a purpose and redeeming. Um, a lot of really hard things to be a help for other people. So it was awesome to get to be part of. That was so good. That's cool. Made my day. Yeah. yeah. So was she really surprised? Was she, we... um, she? There was a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming. I think I got her. <laughs> that is so uh, good. Well, it looks like you guys have a blast. At all the leading and, and, and loving it things that you do, it looks like you guys are always just having a really good time. We do. You know what? I, I I always feel like ministry is an absolute blast to get to do. It's a blessing to get to serve God in ministry. But let's be real. There's some hard things, too. And, and so when we all, all get together, um, we like to laugh and have fun and have a great time because um, not everybody gets enough of that in their lives and in their leadership. And so we do have a really fun time together. Well, you, you, you mentioned that and this new uh, book, this book study that you have, have brought out um, is all about being happy, right? And so why do you think, though, that people have a hard time believing that God wants them to be happy? You know, I don't know. I hear that all the time. In fact, I had somebody tell me one time that God cares more about our holiness than our happiness. And while that may be true, I'm not sure that they're disconnected either that that maybe um they work a little bit more in tangent with one another that as we chase god and that we chase the things of god um and our holiness uh increases so does our happiness that's where we actually find the happiness we've been chasing and sometimes i wonder if um we're reading the same bible i feel like the the happy words of the bible are all through the bible a few years ago i started circling in my bible all the happy words glad delight happy joy all the ones i could rest everywhere and i think maybe the problem is for those of us who may have been christians for a hot minute um have maybe heard a few sermons about how happy is bad and joy is good but i i um, happier those who are more and happier those who are humble in the Sermon on the Mount. And that same word there that can be translated blessed or happy is the word makarios. And you actually find it again in, um, I think it's in First Timothy, where uh, Paul calls, calls God the blessed and only ruler. Can be translated as happy. Yeah. Like God is the happy ruler. And I think when we realize that God himself is happy, then we realize that, oh my gosh, maybe he too wants us to be happy. He just wants us to find our happiness in a different way than we've been trying to look for it all along. We just need to find it in him. So um, I do think a lot of people resonate with that fear or wonder if God really wants us to be happy. But I, I believe 
I believe he does. And I think it's all in the pages of the Bible. I agree with that. In fact, when you look at Jesus, you know he was happy. You know he was full of joy because kids flocked to him. Kids wanted to be around him. And every parent that's listening knows your kids don't want to hang out with somebody who's a jerk. They don't want to they don't want to hang out with somebody who's boring. Kids flock to people that are are fun. Right? So I just um I know that Jesus he was. He was happy. He was full of joy. He's the source of joy, obviously. He's the creator of all things, including our, our emotions. So I think sometimes it is hard for people to picture what you just said, God being happy. So I know most likely in the study, one of the things that you point out is the problem isn't that God doesn't want us to be happy, but sometimes the problem is with us chasing happy in the wrong things. Can you unpack that? Yeah, I mean, I think at the core, all of us are chasing happy in some form all the time. I mean, we may be chasing happy in our relationships or like as we hunt for success or material gain in our lives. And sometimes, you know, they're the adventurous ones among us that look for that happiness and kind of the next escape. Um, you know, I, I think the problem is when we chase that kind of happy that is fleeting, is it really just um, leaves us with an emptiness in our soul, like a dryness, a barrenness that that we have. And that is because we're chasing just the wrong kind of happy. We're chasing something that's physical, emotional, temporary instead of chasing the eternal happiness that really is only found in Jesus. And it's it's why I love the book of Philippians, because it is the joy book of the Bible. The, the word joy or gladness or rejoice or like any of those kind of um, happy kind of words, they're found, depending on your translation, north of like 15 times in 104 verses, which is a lot. But the word Jesus, the name of Jesus is listed over 40 times, which tells us this is the joy book of the Bible, but it is a joy that's only found in Jesus. And when we start to really chase that kind of happy, God's purpose, his unity, his peace, um, his joy, then that is when we find the happy we've been looking for all along. And it isn't a happiness that's going to leave us dry and barren. It's going to fill us up from the inside out. Yeah. And, you know, obviously your world is uh, working a lot with uh, pastors' wives, leaders' wives, leaders that are women in the church. Um, what What do you think... What do you think is is really zapping some of those women, especially uh, with not being happy? Um, Because, you know, obviously there's this notion that when you're in ministry, everything should be fine. Everything should be perfect type. And we know, uh, you know, you just be in it for two minutes. You realize that's not what it's like. But what do you feel really does uh, affect some of those women that you already minister to when it comes to happiness and the joy of the Lord and and that type of thing? Well, I mean, I think just like everybody else, it's often that we attach our happiness and our joy to the circumstances that are going on around us. But the truth is that real happiness isn't based in our circumstances, but it's based in God's character. And so when we as leaders, as women, as people hit roadblocks in the circumstances of our lives, that might be from a leadership perspective, somebody's criticizing you and your leadership decisions or, um, you know, they don't like the way you preach or they don't like the way the music is or they don't like whatever. Or it might be just all of those expectations that are out there that you feel like you can't meet. Um, that you feel like you fall short of. It might be just like that own internal battle of insecurity that um, I faced for a very long time. It was very difficult to me. And I think all of those things and many, many more have the potential to steal our joy if we anchor our happiness in them. 
Um, if we, I am a recovering people pleaser and I have had to work on it for a very long time. I don't think anybody gets into ministry leadership um, to hurt people that, you know, I think we get into ministry because we love people. We want to help them meet Jesus. We want to help them, you know, um, improve their marriages, have, have, have stronger anchor faith, anchored families. Um, and so when we have, uh, encounters with people that are, well, let's just say not too thrilled with us. Um, that can be really, really difficult for those of us who are quite motivated by um, making an impact and a difference in someone's life. Sure. And so I, that used to spin me out. But um, when you anchor in something that's way more um, steady than that, that is Jesus, um, rather than people, then our happening as it is when we're attaching it to those people that come in and out of our lives. And so for me, as somebody who has really struggled with that in the 27 years that we have been in ministry, it is just constantly reminding myself that I have to anchor my joy in the role that God has called me to, not in the purpose that he's planted in my life, but in in the people that he's called us to serve, but really in him. And um, I wish it was as easy as like a one and done situation, but I've had to do it over and over and over and over again. But um, that is, soul doesn't feel so dry. It feels um, alive because I've anchored to the right source of happiness. Well, I definitely agree with you that that ministry can be hard and it's really easy to to want to live to to please people and to make everybody happy and 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 obviously the church that you guys lead with all the multiple uh, with all the multiple um, sites that you have and the size there are times where not everybody is is happy with you as a leader Um, sometimes there are people on your team that are happy with you as a leader you go you go do through different things i think one of the hardest things for me as a leader is sometimes when you're the bad guy or you're considered the bad guy when there is a certain specific situation that affects somebody um, in a negative way so i think we often forget that paul wrote this book while he was chained to a wall right (laughs) he said rejoice in the lord always i'm going to say it again rejoice and he was in, and he was in chains. So, so Lori, can can you share um, for the person that's listening right now that they they you know they want to believe God, they want to believe His word that He is still working, but yet they themselves have not been delivered from difficulty. They're still in their season of suffering. What would you say to them? Yeah, well, absolutely. We probably all have had that moment where, um, you know, things are going on in our lives and it's just not working out. It's not working out the way we want. And we start to wonder if God is even working in it at all. And, you know, I think what's so interesting about Paul is, you know, I mean, Paul's (laughs) in and out of prison, things from shipwrecks to beatings to, to, A lot of stuff, but one of the times we see Paul in prison is in Acts 16. It's actually when he's in Philippi. It's when he is planting the church in Philippi, which is about, I don't know, maybe 10 years before he writes the letter to them. And he is in prison. He's been severely beaten, humiliated, just it's a terrible situation. And this is when he and Silas are singing worship songs and the earthquake happens and the chains break and the doors fly open and, and, um, the, he's able to use that moment to bring a jailer and his whole family. What's interesting is the people of Philippi felt that miracle happen. Like they experienced the earthquake too. They saw God deliver Paul in a really, really powerful way from prison. Now you fast forward 10 years and Paul is back in prison, chained to a guard and um, God isn't sending an earthquake and they aren't getting to see this big deliverance moment. Um, But Paul is like, 
you know, listen, whether I get to stay here on earth or whether I go to heaven, like it's all good. God is still moving. God is still working. And I think our temptation is to feel like if we aren't delivered from our circumstances, just like Paul was the first time in Philippi, if I'm not delivered from my circumstances, then God must not be working in my circumstances. Mm -hmm. But here we are 10 years later and Paul is back in prison and he's not being delivered from prison, but God is for sure working. He is moving. um, Philippians says that people are coming to know Jesus. The word is going out. God is moving inside his circumstances within what he's going through, even if he's not being. And so in those moments where I'm feeling like, like, God, where are you? And we all have those kind of moments with whatever we're going through. Our kids are really struggling. We're having something really difficult at work. We have a marriage that's on life support or a friendship that's really for you know, like any myriad of challenges we can be going through in our lives. I, I too can be tempted to look around and say, I'm not being delivered from this. So God must not be in it with me. But the truth is, we believe that God is moving even in the midst, or even in the midst of our circumstances. Sometimes we just have to have a little bit different eyes to see what he's doing. And so I'm so encouraged by that and encouraged by Paul's faith in it. And the fact that he had such joy in the way God was moving, even though his chains did not come off. Um, I'm very in my own life to um, just to have such joy in however God is choosing to move, that he's moving and that I get to be part of it. That's good. Yeah. You know, um, I think sometimes the hard point and you you mentioned it and even how Paul was um from going from that prison so to speak to actually seeing what God has for someone and uh going from that panic room so to speak to a to happy um how how do we encourage people to see beyond what they're going through now how you know obviously you deal with a lot of of uh mostly ladies right your ministries with with the women uh i know you deal with men as well but um how, how do you how do you encourage women to see beyond that panic stage to see that god has something for them and it is to enjoy life to to be happy in him how do you how do you do that well, I mean, I think it's a great question. I was just with a gal at my church. I was just up at my church. We were just launching Philippians Chasing Happy in our groups. And so I was up at the church a couple of nights ago and teaching. And I, before I got started, I was walking around and talking to some different people. And I ran into a gal I had not seen in a few months. I was so happy to see her back and I asked how things were going. And I could tell immediately it was not good. And her husband had left, they had gotten divorced and she was just in not good shape. And, you know, I, I think the the thing about happiness, like, is she going to have the kind of happiness that is, you know, the dance around and, you know, again, <laughs> like pop out the streamers kind of happy right now in her life. She's not, she's in a really really hard spot and we cried together and I hugged her and like, it's a really sad, difficult situation that she's in right now. But I, and I've certainly experienced this with our friend Brandy as she went through a very similar situation is that the peace of God can be in the middle of that really difficult situation. Mm -hmm. And I just tried to remind her, I tried remind myself that you know Charles Spurgeon when it's when he was asked what is the peace of God he says it's the unruffled serenity of the infinitely happy God and I I love that because it just sounds like even in really really difficult circumstances our infinitely happy God can give us peace in our lives and in our really 
It doesn't necessarily make us want to run around and throw a party kind of joy, but it can give us a peace um, and a happiness that is just solidified in him. Um, and so it is not easy. Um, and I certainly don't want to act like um, it's a switch we turn on is roses and rainbows. It is much more difficult than that. Life is very hard. I have been personally through some really difficult times of depression as well. But I think it just comes back to um, anchoring into the God who is happiness and joy and love and, and peace as we lean into him and rest in him, that love and joy and peace comes into our lives as well. And sometimes it can may, may feel like just like it's barely dripping in, but I do believe that um, the more we just rest in the wellspring of Jesus, that that joy transfers to us as well. So it's not a simple answer and it's not, trite they're really really difficult things that happen in our lives but um we can still have a joy even in the midst of really really difficult i love that that's so good so i want to share something from second corinthians chapter 11 because you had mentioned you know even paul being shipwrecked he went through so many different things mm-hmm. so in second corinthians chapter 11 he says three times i was beaten with rods once i was stoned and it wasn't at a party right we know he had people <laughs> throw rocks at him three times he was shipwrecked once i spent a whole night adrift at sea he said i've traveled on many long journeys i have faced danger from rivers and from robbers i faced danger from my own people the jews as well as the gentiles i face danger in the cities the deserts and on the seas i face danger from men who claim to be believers but are not i've worked hard and long enduring many sleepless nights i've been hungry and thirsty and i've often gone without food i have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep warm but then he says this and that's not the half of it (laughs) wait a minute but here's here's the deal when you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches and then he unpacks that a little bit so i have so much appreciation for you Lori, because i think a lot of people they don't realize the anxiety that comes from ministry that comes from leading that comes from teaching people how to chase happy how to experience joy when you yourself have been bombarded when you have been attacked so while you were writing this this study, knowing okay, this is gonna this is gonna help women, obviously it helped you. How was it for you just to study it and to get excited about it yourself, knowing that okay, this isn't just for me. This is gonna help a lot of people. Well, let me. So I signed on to do this study about a little over three years ago now, and even even when I signed on to do it. My publisher was unsure about the word happy and I had to really fight for it. And so I finally got it and I was so excited and I had been reading Philippians and like every single translation. And let me give you just like a little backstory. Um, Like 22 years ago, we packed up our infant (laughs) and we moved across the country from Texas to uh, California. And I don't know if it was like the sleepless nights and like the fact that none of my pre-pregnancy clothes fit or I had whacked out hormones or I was 1200 miles from my family. Um, I had battled, battled a lot of insecurity when it came to like ministry and my role. And what I remember so clearly is like all of a sudden the lights just went off in my life. And I went through about a two-year period of some pretty bad depression. Like, I was pretty good at throwing, like, a smile on my face when I walked through the lobby. I was pretty But at home, you know, there were days where I didn't turn lights on. I didn't open the blinds. I couldn't leave the house. I was just really, really hard. And with some work and the support of my husband and making myself talk to people and the mercy of Jesus, I was able to kind of battle back out of that. And that 
for a very long time. The story of like God delivered me from that. That used to be in the past, but now I I have joy and and it was the it was like my story that of God bringing me out of depression that I told for two decades. And as I as the Lord would have it, <laughs> it's happening kind of to. I hadn't started writing yet, but I was like in that kind of just studying and reading kind of time period. I remember waking up one day and it was in that season of uh, the last few years of just, I don't remember a time I had been more tired. We had just been working hard and leading strong. And at that point in time, we had, a, you know, a lot of food lines going on in Vegas and we were feeding a lot of people and frankly trying to carry the church like it only depended on us and then one day and it felt like literally out of nowhere went right back off and I spent a lot of time thinking I'm not sure I can get out of bed today or Jed would walk in the room and I would be in the dark and I don't have the TV on and I'm just staring at the walls, which is a scary place for somebody who is and loves to be around people and gets fed off of that energy. And um, it was a little scary. And I was talking to my therapist and she said, I, I just want you to do one thing, one thing every day that'll bring you joy, which doesn't sound like a hard thing until like you literally can't get out of bed. And then one thing sounds overwhelming it felt like a lot and so I just Jed and I started to just take a walk every day we would go for a walk and we would just talk about what we were sad about what we were heartbroken about what we were hopeful for what we felt like I was doing what we dreamed about and um, a little bit I just got a little bit of joy and once a week we would go have brunch because I really like fancy avocado toast. It makes me happy. And so we would go have brunch. And every day I would sit with Jesus. And I think I had gotten the doing, doing, doing of life and family and leadership that I had missed the dwelling with Jesus. And so I just spent time like with my Bible and prayer and reading, literally reading all the happy verses in the Bible I could find. Mm -hmm. And slowly I felt like God grabbed hold of the dimmer switch in my life and just started to turn it back up. And I was, you know, I don't want to go through it again. I don't <laughs> wish it on anyone, but that God brought that back to me in a fresh way Yeah, that I didn't have to try to remember what it felt like 20 years ago to be in that desolate, dark, you know, dry place of the soul, but that it was very fresh for me now. So as I started to write it, the study I was back on my feet and I was feeling good. It was, it came from a different place. So it isn't, a trite kind of happiness that I'm talking about and writing about it. Certainly I don't believe a trite happiness that Paul is writing about. It comes, um, it came out of a place of just almost like a recovery from a really dark space and time. And, um, and Paul had that many times over. And so, um, you know, that's my, it <laughs> um i i think i you know i'm just really thankful um i'm thankful that god let me have just from an experiential place a reminder of where people are at and the kind of dark times people go through um so that i could talk about it in a little bit fuller way brilliant wow and, and that's that's god right that's what happens is definitely you're about to do a part of ministry that it's also as though you needed to um 
go through some of that so you could speak into that. Um, uh, and wow, it's just right. the way. And I just, yeah, I think it's cool. I didn't mean to jump in there. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool that you were able to keep the word you wanted. And I think most people listening probably don't know that 80% of the time an author doesn't get to keep their title. So the fact that you fought for that, uh, people need to know how big a deal that is. And God knew, God knew that. And he, right. (laughs) He knew the place that you were in and where you were walking and, and what he was bringing you out of. So you could, and then in turn, help so many people, yeah. people that are yet to go through this Bible study. We want to encourage all of, every, you know, all of our listeners to, to go get a copy of um, the study of Philippians, Chasing Happy, and, um, and use, it in, use it in your church, in your small group. Um, I, know, I know we're going to. So, um, Lori, can you take a moment and, and pray for those who are listening that maybe they're in their, they're in their dark place today? And I know that by sharing the things you have, they have received some encouragement that will give them peace in the midst of their storm. So can you, can you pray into that? Absolutely. Um, Jesus, we just love you so much. We're so thankful for uh, who you are, what you do um, in our lives. And God, I'm thankful that you are the source of joy. And I don't know where people are at right now in their own lives. Maybe they're like me and it's just dark right now. Um, I pray that you will draw them close, that they'll lean into you and into your uh, your joy and your peace, God. And that in the process of that, you will grab a hold of the dimmer switch in their lives and turn it up and bring the lights back on. Or maybe they're in like a great space and life is great and things are good. Um, God, I just pray that you continue to pour your joy into their lives as well and just turn the brightness all the way up. Either way, God, I just pray that whatever circumstances we have going on in our lives, God, that we just anchor our joy in your character because you are good and you are kind, and you are merciful, and you are joy, and we love you so much. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, Laurie, uh, how can people connect with you, uh, whether that's social media, obviously the book, you know, I'm sure it's on Amazon and everywhere else, but where, where, how can people connect with you? Yeah, you can find me um, on social media, at, just at Lori Wilhite on Instagram and the other places. Um, <laughs> and then you can find Leading and Loving It uh, also on all the socials. I think it's at Leading Loving It. Um, but you can grab the study wherever books are sold, um, including, you know, some, some free two day shipping from Amazon, but you can find it wherever, wherever you can. In fact, um, you can go to, I'm chasing happy information, all the freebies that we have related to the study. Um, you can watch the first session for free. You can download the first session of the workbook and just check it out and see if it's a good fit for you and something you might like to dig into. So all the resources are there. And, and I'm going to add, you even created a Spotify playlist because I listened to some of it today on my way here. Look at um, you. Yeah, some, wow. some, some good music, some great worship. And obviously, oh, yeah. worship is a big, a big part of keeping, keeping your joy. And I mean, obviously, the, that's a whole other conversation. But um, you also include, there's a video study for a church and small group, six session um, video of Bible study. So a lot of great resources, and we want to encourage everybody to, to check those out. Well, one of the things that we do at, on every uh, episode is the big three. Three questions of nothing to do with what we just talked about, but everything to do with you, Laurie. And so, uh, Chuck, you want to start with this one? I'm so nervous I've been this whole time, right now. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Go for it, Chuck. All right. Well, at, at the time that we are recording this, it is opening week of the NFL. And, um, I have read a couple of your husband's books and I've, I've watched his sermons and was able to attend a conference that he, that he spoke at. So I know. And we have him coming on the the podcast in just a few, about a month or so. So that's going to be awesome. Yes. Excited about that. Um, so I know that, um, he, he is, or was a Cowboys fan. So my question is now that Vegas 
has the Raiders are are Cowboys Raiders who who, who do you who do you root for? Uh oh. We're now in a both and situation over here <laughs> at the White House. And I have to say, it's just like we're, it's not a winning situation either way we go. So <laughs> we get to ride the roller coaster that is the Raiders and the Cowboys during football season. So that, that I'm about to hop on that train. So um, <laughs> it's. It's an interesting football season at the Will Heights, for sure. That's brilliant. <laughs> so the next book, Chasing Joy, How to Be a Cowboys and Raiders Fan. <laughs> okay, so we've obviously talked about Happy, and you talked about uh, walks and uh, avocado toast and things like that. But what what is the one thing that really, like, makes you happy? Oh, you know what? I think at this point in my life, I now have two young adult children. And I used to think how sad it would be (laughs) for my kids to get big and to be grown up. But it is like the most fun. It's the most fun to have young adult kids. And so um, my daughter's off at college. She's at her last semester of college. So like when she comes home, like, I'm that mom who runs to her in the airport. I'm so happy to see her. I can't think of anything um, at this point kind of season in my life that brings me more immediate joy than just um, my kiddos and getting to be friends with them now. It's like a total blast. That's awesome. Love it. Good. All right. Well, my my question is – Obviously, you have published multiple books, so you know what it's like to go into to writer mode. And um, I would love to know what space do you enjoy writing in, like in an office, at the church, at home, in a coffee shop? Like, what's your perfect writing day look like? My purpose is to sit outside and turn my music on loud. I'm sure my neighbors are not thrilled about it. But to sit <laughs> up my, my my puppy next to me and and to sit up. Now, I do live in Vegas. So if I'm writing in the summer, that is not happening. But it is kind of my perfect spot. To- oh, that's but I do have a home office that... Um, is is has is also like the collection spot for all of my little um vintage goodwill collections. I'd say treasures, Judd says junk. And so um Wow, he's very similar to me. (laughs) 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 So I'm surrounded by my treasures and Judd's glad the junk is out of the rest of the house. (laughs) Now you've got someone on your some uh, is that a dog on your lap there? It's my little my puppy is here oh. with me. To the podcast. <laughs> oh man, that's cool. Well, we just want to thank you so much for coming on to Revival Town again today. Uh, we appreciate you and your ministry to the the body of Christ throughout the world, and uh, we just want to thank you. This book's going to help so many people. Uh, make sure you go in and get in the book, everyone. Make sure yes. you are connecting with Laurie. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on to Revival Town today. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast to get to be with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Hey. No, seriously, that was great stuff. Thank you, Lori. Brilliant. Man, I'm chasing happy. That's so good. Yeah. Woo, that was a good one, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Happy, happy, happy. Happy, happy, happy. Hey, that was the Duck Dynasty guys, wasn't it? Happy, happy, happy. happy Remember happy. that? Do you remember that Duck Dynasty? Remember that show? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah it's a good show. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. hey, uh, you know what's you know, um, make sure you connect with Laurie and uh, get the book. Get the book. Get it for your women's Bible studies. Uh, I'm sure Chuck will do it as a sermon series soon. I'm sure you will. Well, now I have to. Okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? We will definitely implement it because it's really, really good. Yeah. And you don't have to be a church leader to get something out of this. Yeah, This is just a great book for you to go through yeah. in your own personal devotions, your own personal study. So I definitely, definitely recommend it. Philippians, Chasing Happy.
Go yep. chase it down on Amazon right now. There we go. You know what that means? We're going to... You're going to chase me down with some kind of phrase or rhyming cockney slang. Oh, look at right? you. Is that, for those of you who are listening for the first time <laughs> and you're unfamiliar with this, Andy is mate because he is from the UK and he is going to throw out a word to me, Tate, or yeah. rhyming cockney slang. Something that's familiar in yeah. Britain, not here. Yeah. I have to guess the meaning. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. All right. So uh, today, as I was uh, out, um, I had to take my parasol. Hmm. I've been parasailing. No parasol. Oh, parasol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take the parasol out. I had to take a, a pair of saws out to cut down that tree you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> a, par- a parasol. You had to take out a par- parasol. Put it in context again. Uh, I had to when I went outside. I had to take the parasol. Umbrella. Oh, look at you! Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. I'm happy, 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 happy. <laughs> the parasol is a like a, a women's umbrella. Yeah, like a fancy uh, umbrella. Uh, okay. All right. A parasol. All right. Like for for the sun, you know, they wear it. Okay. That, that type of thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Okay, so if you were going to be on the beach, you could get a big giant parasol? Yeah. All parasol, right. not parasail. Parasol and then go parasailing. Yeah, at the same time. All you right, could so. hold a parasol while you're parasailing. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and then let go and float down. <laughs> like Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> happy, 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 happy. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to Revival Town this week. We've had fun. It was great having uh, Laurie on the show. And uh, make sure you're checking the stuff out. And we will see you all next week next on Monday. Revival Town Podcast. Let's do it. Goodbye. Happy, 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 happy. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Oh,